Welcome to First Congregational Church of Litchfield Sermon Podcast. Join us each week for a Bible-based Christian message. We hope God speaks to you through the things you hear. Let's get started. You know, at first I was all excited. I got invited to come to be the speaker at the, uh, the Christmas Eve special. I was like, wow, I must be really important. Then I realized all the pastors are probably home celebrating Christmas, and that's why I was invited to come here. <laughs> the Lord has his way of humbling us. So, oh, wait a minute. we got people up there and everything beautiful. Well, let's just lift this moment up. Father, we just dedicate this, this joyful moment to you, Father, in celebration, Father, of, of, of an occasion that transformed the world, Father God. And we thank you, Father, that your sons and daughters have gathered here this evening to celebrate the birth of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And Father, we ask that your presence, Father, will be here in such tangible way that this evening we will not leave here just having heard a story of something that took place 2,000 years ago, but that we'll leave with the amazing realization that this story is a story of 2019 in this place in the hearts of your people. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You know, this evening, we see a picture, a nativity scene. And, uh, you know, it is said that a, a picture is worth a thousand Thank you. Thank you. I always say that, you know, I feel, feel nervous when I'm talking and, and everyone is just listening. <laughs> so you got to participate. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. A picture is worth a thousand. Thank you. Hallelujah. And the word became? Yes, we're there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Nativity scene. Nativity scene. What we fail to realize most of the time is that when we're looking at a painting or a picture, the picture is done by an artist who has suffered much. And what appears beautiful is the outcome that comes from often a broken heart. If there are any musicians or artists in here this evening, you understand that it is out of much suffering, much sorrow, much pain that sometimes the greatest melodies are made and, and beautiful, beautiful artwork. This evening, I feel that our Father wants to draw us back a little bit from the nativity scene that we may see the heart of the artist who paints all things, the artist of all artists, the artist who is in the process of painting you and me into his delight, into his glory. This is why there are songs saying, draw me, Lord, draw me, Lord. And if you draw me, then I walk after you. Do we need a mic, a different mic? I, I, I can handle it. I can handle it. I can turn this one off. Glory. 
have to turn it on. Hallelujah. Can you, oh, you can hear me. Oh, yes, you can hear me. All right, beautiful. I'm a multi-talented rabbi. It's because I'm filled with the spirit of God and Jesus lives in my heart. So I can do all things through Christ to even hold a microphone. Hallelujah. So here we go. We're drawn away, understanding that a picture is beautiful, but it comes from a broken heart. And this evening, the Father is bringing us to see this nativity scene, not in the beauty that we understand it, but from the perspective of a broken heart, a heart who was so broken, a heart who would break just to rescue and save his beloved, the one he loved. And so in order to do this, we have to go back in time a little further than 2,000 years ago, which is what we're celebrating this evening. You have to go to a time when, when the children of Israel had just left the Babylonian captivity, 70 years away from being able to worship the God of Israel, away from hearing his voice. And they came from Babylonian captivity. And I thought that perhaps, perhaps their heart would return to them and Prophet said, if, if you return to me, I will return to you. I will heal your land. But perhaps the people were too broken and they didn't return to the Lord. And so as a result, what happened? Another 200, another 300, another 400 years go by. We sing silent night, silent night. But in reality, the only thing that was silent for the people of Israel was the voice of God. For hundreds of years, there was complete silence. There was no prophet speaking. It's as if the only memory the people had about this God was written down in scrolls, written in the Psalms. And the people longed to hear his voice. But it's as if he had forgotten his people. And most of his people have forgotten him. And so it was that in this dark and sad and hopeless time, a time in which the Romans now would occupy Judea, a time in which you would be forced in the middle of the night to give your coat, <laughs> a time in which you'd be forced to, to carry the, the backpack of a Roman soldier for a mile. A time in which they would gather you, take you out of a crowd and just put you in the city square and smack you upside the face just to see the expression in your face and the face of your loved ones. It was in this time, in this darkest of time, a time in which the priesthood, even in the temple, was so broken. It was led by the Sanhedrin, a political group of people. A time where the people were so far from God. And a time where it seemed that God was so far from his people. Yes, in that dark, cold, hopeless time, there was a priest named Zacharias. Zechariah in Hebrew means Yahweh has remembered. And in that time that Zechariah is in the temple, he was tending to the incense. And if you understand a little bit about the tabernacle, there's really in the holy place, there's three things. There's this incense in the center here. To the right is the table of bread. And so Zacharias was right here tending to the incense. And it says that to the right of the incense, 
an angel of the Lord appeared. Now this is kind of significant because this is Gabriel coming to give the news that there would be one born to Zacharias who was an old man. And this one born to Zacharias would prepare the way for the bread of life, for the king of kings. It's amazing because the angel shows up on the side where the bread is. I don't know why, but he just, it's like he's coming to say, hey, by the way, the bread of life, this thing that, this thing that, that you guys do here that you don't understand is coming. And it's coming through Elizabeth. And Elizabeth in Hebrew is El Eshiva. El Eshiva means God has promised. Let me tell you something. There are promises that God speaks to our lives. And it seems that it takes a long time for these things to come through. Let me tell you something. From the moment you begin to pray, even before a word comes out of your mouth, your father has already heard what you're saying. And he's already set in motion the blessing that is coming. And so it was that Zacharias was perplexed about all this. And he said, how, how, is, how is this possible? You know how we get with, with our spirituality, how, how, how is this possible, you know? And immediately when doubt came in, his mouth was shut. Sometimes God has to shut our mouth when we're about to undo the blessing he has already bringing forth. And so he was, he was told that he would go home and his wife Elizabeth would, would, would have a child. Now Elizabeth was well in her ears. She could not have a child. Neither of them could have children. And they had accepted the fact that this would never happen. But in due season, when God has a season, at his set time, what God has established, nobody can stop. I love the name Elisheva. It's the name of my glory. <laughs> You don't know my glory. My glory is sitting right over there. He said, <laughs> Elizabeth, Lisa, my glory. I always remember that. God has promised a promise from God. And so it was that Zacharias went home. And, you know, he had to do sign language. I don't know how they, how, what they did on that night, you know, because there was a little intimacy. And there was no talking going on because he couldn't speak. So, you know, sign language, I guess you don't need to speak to, you know, be intimate. Praise the Lord. Oops. Hope there's not too many children up in here. But that is how the children came in here, by the way. Anyway, a lot of intimacy. Praise the Lord. So anyway, some intimacy took place. And so we know that, that, that Elizabeth became pregnant. And, and her son within her womb, his name was Yohanan or John. In Hebrew, you just have to clear your, your throat when you speak. Yohanan. It works well, you know. Whatever you can do to clear your throat. Anyway, so she becomes pregnant. Because, I mean, this is, this is kind of crazy. She went into seclusion. Well, six months later, six months later, this angel shows up in Nazareth. And he shows up in front of a, a young girl, a young Jewish girl, and, and, and he comes up to her and he says, Hey, woman, by the way, you have been found to have great favor in the eyes of the Lord. You know, angels usually talk like King James Version. You know, yeah. Thou art blessed of thy women of thy... The, and your translation, God needs a good Jewish girl to be born out of. You're it. Have fun. Hallelujah. Mary, by the way, Miriam in Hebrew means an ocean of tears. Hmm. But she hears this and she doesn't know what to make of it. But she says, may it be unto me as the Lord wills. She had no idea she would be echoing the same words that her son someday would say in Gethsemane. Not my will, but your will be done. 
And so it was that she too became pregnant, filled with the Spirit of God. And she didn't know who to tell this because, you know, most people, I don't know, sisters out there, help me out here. If you, you got pregnant by the Holy Spirit, you probably, probably not too many people in your life that you could go and tell that, by the way, I'm pregnant. It's from the Spirit of the Lord. That's a hard one, you know what I'm saying? It's a hard one to get through, you know? So she didn't know who to talk to. So, so she went to her relative that she loved. She went to Elisheva, Elizabeth, to tell her about the strange thing that just happened to her. And as she got close to her, now check this out. A six-month-old fetus in the womb felt the presence of maybe 12 cells that were just multiplying into 24 at this moment. He felt the king of glory before the king of glory even had a finger, a nose, an ear. He was just a blob. The king of glory as a little blob in the womb was felt by John the Baptist. And it says that he leapt and he started kicking. And if a six-month-old fetus could speak, he would say, <laughs> because in the womb you can't say much of anything. It's the ambient fluid. I have to explain this. Some of this comes back later. Take a doggy bag, you know, go home and pray. You can't, you know, but translation if he was saying something, he'd be saying, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You see, the next time that John the Baptist would recognize him would be again in water. When Messiah would come in the water and he would see him in the water, there's something in the water that causes that anointing to happen. This is why you must be born of the water to see the kingdom. Glory. Y'all very quiet up there. I'm getting... You're like the cloud of witnesses up there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So there they were. The two. I mean, you've heard of laying on hands and people getting slain in the skin. Right? That was laying on the belly buttons. Belly button to belly button. Slain in the spirit. In the womb. And there it was. And sure enough, 40 weeks later, this thing, this thing, <laughs> was formed and had to come out. The time had come for it to come out. And as much as Joseph and Mary would want to have it in Nazareth, because this is where home was. This is where friends were. No, they, everybody had to go to Jerusalem. Some of them had to go to Bethlehem because there was a decree. You had to go to the, to the city of your paternal birth. So off they went. And you can imagine this evening... As you're going on a, on a donkey and, and you know, when the baby has to come out, it has to come out. I mean, I remember three times my boys said, Lisa was fine. And all of a sudden, it doesn't matter if it's 3 o'clock in the morning. It doesn't matter if you're watching a show. It doesn't matter if you're in a movie. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. The set moment comes and suddenly that thing has to come out. Ain't nobody going to stop it. And off they were. Joseph going from house to house, banging on a door. 
help, please help, please. I, I don't really need a place to stay. I just need a place to get so that my wife, my bride can have her baby. She's with child. The thing is coming. The thing is coming. We don't understand how it was happening. How do they knew? But I don't know. Maybe the, the water broke. Maybe there was a little hand waving down there. I'm coming out. Get the place ready. And they were going everywhere trying to find a place. But let me tell you something. God could not come and be born in an inn. He could not be born in a palace. He could not be born in a house. This is not a king like all kings. This is the king of all kings. And the king had to come and be born in a temporary shelter, which is known in Hebrew as a sukkah. It is a place where you keep some animals. It is a place where you put some branches up on top. And that place is a representation of the broken hearts of God's people. And so there can be no room at the inn. But there is room at the little sukkah in the back. The little tabernacle in the back of the house. And off he went, born in Bethlehem. He had to be born in Bethlehem. Where else can the bread of life be born? But in the house of bread, Bethlehem is Hebrew for the house of bread. So the house of bread takes in the bread of life. And he's in the place where you keep little animals and, you, and, and they didn't know, who do we announce this king to? Who do we announce this? Is this going to be a proclamation? Somebody text it out. Somebody send a, a mass thing. This should go viral. <laughs> Somebody do something. Oh, glory. No, 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 no. This announcement is a specific announcement. The announcement comes to shepherds. Who are on the hills near Bethlehem. Now to us, we read that, we don't understand the significance of this. You do understand that the only shepherds who had a job in the hills of Bethlehem were the shepherds who were in charge of taking care of lambs that were going to be sacrificed in the temple. And so the angel said to them, you will know by this sign, you will see the child clothed in swaddling. Yeah, you kind of got quiet on me there. He was wrapped in swaddling cloths. To you and I, that means nothing. But to shepherds who took care of lambs that were going to be used to be sacrificed in the temple, they used to use ripped up pieces because these lambs that were going to be sacrificed in the temple had to be spotless and perfectly pure. They could have no cuts on their little, on their little shoulders, on their little feet because they had to be perfect lambs for the sacrifice. So these shepherds knew where they kept the swaddling cloths. And on that night, they went to the place where they would normally wrap the lambs for the sacrifice. And they found the Lamb of God wrapped in the same cloths that would protect the lambs from being cut. The Lamb of God wrapped in swaddling clothes. The Lamb of God who is the bread of life Born in the house of bread. This lamb said, take and eat. This bread is my body. 
that is broken for you. This evening, the mystery of the celebration you're here for is not about a date at all, because the truth of the matter is that Yeshua, Jesus, his real birth. January 2nd, February 3rd, December 5th, June 30th. Every moment that a little tabernacle in this world receives Jesus into their heart, that is his birthday. And that day, you will never forget. So my prayer this evening is that this evening isn't just about a memory of a day that Messiah was born 2,000 years ago, but a, but a memory, a refresher of the moment in which he was born into the little manger of your heart. And if that hasn't happened yet, Perhaps God has sent a descendant of Aaron, a rabbi, on Christmas Eve to tell you about the King of Glory that is still waiting to be born again and again. And he just needs a new heart to be born in. And if that ain't going to do it, I don't know what else God has to do to convince you. And this, my brothers and my sisters, is the reason for this season. Because you have gathered here today to celebrate the birth of the King of Israel, it is a blessing as a descendant of Aaron to speak the Hebrew blessing that has been spoken over the family of Israel for thousands of years. But when you've accepted the King of Israel, you became our family. If you're able to, please rise. Hivarecha Adonai vahish marecha. Yair Adonai panavalecha vichunecha. Hisadonai panavalecha. Yasemlecha, Yasemlecha, 
ויישם לך May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his perfect shalom. Shalom. And have a Merry Christmas. Thanks for tuning in this week. We hope you're able to join us in person on Sunday morning. But if not, tune in next week for our next sermon. If you enjoyed this week's message, please share it with friends. Or for more information, visit www.fcclitchfield.com.